The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Ben Haworth. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, gentlemen, we dive into a pile, Scrooge McDuck style, of uncut gems. Uh, it's gems. So uncut. Yeah, that, yeah, they're just, yep, yep. Oh, I get it, because they're Jewish. Is that the joke? Wow, that's <laughs> our first Jew joke, ladies and gentlemen. Now we can sign off. I, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Canceled. I'm so sorry. Um, I, that wasn't that wasn't even remotely funny. This week we're diving into some for some reason Adam Sandler gets back onto screen, and I just feel like it's the '90s again, and we can make inappropriate jokes again. Do you know what I mean? Like he does make <laughs> Jewish jokes in this movie, but he's also Jewish. So there's that. Right. So it's probably. Okay, I was actually wondering if it was a joke, and now, in retrospect, I think that Uncut is probably just the name of a dumb, of the movie, and I feel kind of bad. So um, oh, I'm not trying to make it terrible. No, it's it's I do that all on my own, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is going to be fun to, in retrospect, to see if I cut that opening. Anyways, moving on, gentlemen, we're going to be talking about Adam Sandler's Netflix Uncut Gems today. As charismatic jeweler makes a high stakes bet that could lead to windfall of a lifetime in a precarious high wire act, he must balance business, family, and adversaries on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. Yeah, so yeah, this is a box office growth and there's 49 million dollars in the u.s i don't know how they do they know that apparently imdb and box office mojo know that um yeah but this is a this is a uh, netflix uh movie again it was directed by josh Shaft- netflix Safety. outside of uh, america it was yeah what you right. talking about i didn't watch right. this on netflix yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh Safty, Benny Safty, uh, Scott. Oh, no. I may have revealed something to you gentlemen about my uh, VPN and Katie's VPN. But uh, we'll get back to this. <laughs> um, written by uh, Ronald. Well, Katie has a lot of British VPN stuff. Because that's a good VPN. Do. That's not the yeah. free kind. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely not. Um, ask me how I know. No. And anyways, uh, the production company was LRO Pictures, IAC Films, uh, at Silk Canada Productions, distributed by A twenty four and Netflix internationally. Was, this was actually in theaters, so it does have that. Uh, yeah, it has. This is my favorite thing about this movie. This movie has a budget, and in on Wikipedia, it has the less than twenty million sign. And I literally, I've never seen a budget listed on Wikipedia with the less than sign. <laughs> like, just to let it's us cheap. know, no idea how it is. It's just dirt ass cheap, and it's and and it has Kevin Garnett in it. So we know funny. he didn't draw a salary for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, especially since Adam Sandler usually gets paid $20 million per movie, this <laughs> definitely had pay cuts all around for yeah. doing it for the art for a lot of people in this one. Yeah. I mean, for Def- A24, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's standard budget for them. Mm. Definitely, I think Sanders, this is definitely him trying to make a. I don't know if it's a comeback per se. We'll see if he keeps doing stuff over like this. Well, but it's so, definitely- so notably, he 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 threatened that uh, if he was not yes. nominated for an Oscar for this film, he would make quote the worst movie ever made. Jack and, and Jill he, too. Yeah, and Jack, he just Jack re-upped his Netflix contract because he finished out this year his original contract. So 
Get ready for whatever the hell comes next, because he a wrath, a wrath is coming. Jack and Jill two is definitely coming. I, so, I uh, if he has the rights to that, I see no reason why he couldn't get like ten million dollars for Netflix, because that would be like the perfect Netflix movie, right? Like that's that's yeah, like the Jack perfect, and Jill two. That's the perfect yeah. bullshit for Netflix. Yeah, you're up <laughs> at like, Everybody's gonna wanna, get high and watch that. Yeah. That is what's gonna happen. Apparently, like. That's, like Eight gajillion people watch Adam Sandler movies on Netflix, according to them. So, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I went on a little bit of a binge after Uncut Gems because I went back and watched. I mean, I went back and watched like the good shit, like, you know, Little Nicky and like and like uh, Little Nicky is not that good shit. I haven't heard of this. It's, it's OK. In in the scale of Adam Sandler, motherfucker, I was gonna say, like, I'm not is, overly it familiar. It is at least above half. You know what Sandler's I mean? Sandler's <laughs> Maybe. So I Maybe. can't yeah. comment on this. Uh, clearly, but. clearly the water boy was the best thing that he ever did, um, in my opinion. But uh, actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm, well, I, mean, I, think it, I think Happy Gilmore has kind of come out as the one. Or, yeah. Uh, the one, no, the one I, I hear a lot it. is uh, Big Daddy. That's actually the one I'll hear. Big Daddy is very for. good. I Anger management is probably pretty fantastic but doesn't hold up like anger management is uh is got is probably not aged well with the times if you know what i mean probably toxic but who knows yeah it's 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 pretty toxic yeah it's pretty tough jack jack nicholson is 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 the is is just the perfect guy for a movie about toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. i just that movie convinces me that that's true that he is just the perfect person to 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 do that sort of shit anyways uh yeah so let's go ahead and go around i think i've kind of gotten a general sense but uh what did you guys uh what did you think of this movie trevor i mean so the really positive on this Basic plot structure is uh, a dude essentially makes uh gets a diamond trade with Kevin Garnett to he gets his uh, Super Bowl ring for a uh, you know for like what is this like NBA a black ring. opal an yes. NBA ring sorry 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 sports ring no I'm just kidding uh, I know I actually am way more of an NBA fan than I am a. Uh, a uh, Super Bowl fan. Sorry. Wow. I really sound like an old lady right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I really like he gets he trades his NBA ring and then he hawks it to get money to make a huge bet on Kevin Garnett uh, for. Well, that's later. He hawks. He uses the money he gets from Kevin Garnett to make the bet on Kevin Garnett at that at the, the huge bet. Oh, wait. You're, oh, wait. He right. uses that money to make. The first huge bet, but, which isn't yes. like the and biggest as bet, but it's, yeah. right. Yeah, basically he, he over two or three days, one guy just spiraling and down, down and down with one more right. gambling addiction. The, the, the point, the point, the generalized point here is like. You know, gambling addiction and also like the fact that he's just leveraging his entire life to beat a previous bad gambling debt. And it just doesn't it just clearly doesn't he like even though he wins in the end, it just clearly does spoilers. It clearly doesn't go his way if you've seen anything about it. So, uh, yeah, Trevor, you were saying you're overly positive about this. Uh, Yeah, I really like this movie. I I buy the hype. I bought it. I like it. I this this appeals to me probably with the psychedelic stuff with the gem a lot. Um, I would pay money to see you see this, Jack, because everything I heard about this going into like how difficult and stressful it is to watch this man make these decisions totally 
totally paid off for me. I went to go see this by myself, but I made the mistake of like having a soda instead of a beer. And I was just like with my elbow on the table with my face in my hands for like the whole second half, probably. But I loved it at the same time. I'm so. going to reveal to you guys I used an illegal VPN to watch it on Netflix in a different region. Shocked. Uh, I know. Don't be shocked. Whatever. <laughs> but the the point is, I'm going to say this. Uh, yeah. This movie, I was pacing the whole fucking time. I don't know what it would be like to watch this in a movie theater because, like, I literally was behind my couch and I wore a dent in the fucking ground. I had my hands on top of my head. I was ruffling my hair the whole time. I had me. I had a whole six. I, and I, I'm not like a huge beer drinker. I'm more of a wine guy. But I like I like unknowingly drank like six beers, just like kind of pacing on the floor, <laughs> trying to like hang with just like the emotional intensity of this movie. It is intense and it's one of those things that's like it kind of makes me sad like a like a like a level about Sandler because Sandler really actually has chops and it's one of those things that's like he's the butt of jokes now but like if he actually put in the effort he could totally have a very very serious great acting career and it's I I don't know I, I don't know it makes me it makes me sort of kind of sad <laughs> a little bit. I mean, he may also just be playing a character, but at the same time, it's uh, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Ben, how 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 did you like Uncut Gems? Um, so my general thoughts are pretty similar to Trevor's, in that uh, I like this movie a lot. Um, the Safdie brothers are people that I've had on on sort of a hmm, all right level, which is you know, um, uh, and only really I've only seen their last two films. They've made five total, but I know the first two are are kind of more like Jarmusy, cute, indie, sweet movies, and then with heaven knows what they became like, let's make the most anxiety-ridden chronicles of modern, like, let's make the, what is New Hollywood look like if it existed today? Like, that's kind of what they try to do, which is like these gritty, intense, anxiety-ridden portraits of modern dregs of society in, in a very interesting way. Yeah. Uh, I liked Good Time a bit, but it was just a little too much for me. And heaven knows what uh, I liked decently enough. Uh, but uh, Uncut Gems really solidified for me that they are uh, some of the most more interesting filmmakers working today. Um, I think a big part of it is, one, this is a story they've wanted to make for a while. And I can see why. It's one of those classics, you know. We, they wanted to make it long before, but Good Time was such a hit that uh, they, they had enough cachet from that to finally make it. And... Uh, I think it also works well, well because they just found the perfect person, which is Sandler. I think Sandler is one of those interesting guys. I was comparing him to a friend to The Rock, where like The yeah, Rock would never make a movie like this. So The Rock has shaved off like literally all of his hair and all of his personality to become action movie man. And I know Sandler's different, but Sandler's interesting in that. Like I think it's interesting. There's a really good conversation between Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safdie brothers, because of course Paul Thomas Anderson directed uh, Punch Truck Love, one of my uh, favorite kind of comfy movies in a weird way. Um, and they had this great thing where they were just like, they're they're both the same kind of filmmakers who watched Sandler and went, "What's up with that guy? <laughs> what is his?" deal <laughs> there's something really strange there and i think they both dig into a kind of menace and a kind of a, a mix of the way that he can be so charming to people but also so intimidating in some weird ways and that underlying anger and frustration there um 
and and you, and I've seen a lot of movies that do the no, not a lot, but a couple of movies have done the gambling thing, and and usually they don't tend to work for me. But this is the one that just I don't know. Maybe it was just the the cultural relevance of it being Jewish. The fact that it just felt like such a world. Like as soon as he goes into his place, like everything about his diamond store is so realized down to like the shitty door that doesn't work that will play off like immeasurably in the end of the movie. Like there's just a lot that. Uh, really was fascinating and interesting um even though i didn't necessarily need to start the movie literally deep inside adam sandler's asshole you didn't like but, that uh, yeah all the, all the like the gems being cosmic stuff i was just like eh yeah all right it made for a good uh, a final credit scene i'll give him that but uh, yeah. uh, that was my only real complaint was that the cosmic and the making it more about this big story of this jewel from africa it's like, yeah it's not really what this movie is but uh uh, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. And uh, also just a, a classic movie with some just good character actor faces. Eric Bogosian shows up. And I always like when a, someone like Eric Bogosian <laughs> or like <laughs> Abel Ferreira or you know, someone just like someone like out there and old and got a million crags on their face. And they cast good people like that, which is always good. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I think generally... I don't think this is a movie I'm ever going to recommend to anyone. <laughs> it's one of those. I uh, I think right. I think and, it's. I don't. And I should, we should also mention real quick. Sorry for but just that this movie has a C minus or something on Cinema Score. Some terrible wow. review, which is not shocking to me for how it ends. I think. Yeah. People. I don't even think people. People are like, oh, they want an Adam Sandler comedy. No one would think this is an Adam Sandler comedy from the the trailers or something. But I think yeah. what they thought it should just be like Adam Sandler crime boss at the end he pulls off the big heist and no. uh spoiler alert uh he pulls off getting shot in the face <laughs> for really for really no reason to i think i think just I, for I, pissing a guy off too much which i think yeah. is really kind of fascinating like i it, love it, it. it it's I really what makes the movie really interesting by the end is that like it just pays off in such an interesting way where like he wins, but he just made too many, the wrong person mad. And that's all it takes. You know, it's just, you make one person with a gun mad, no matter how much money you just won, he just would rather shoot you in the face than well, I think, yeah, with you an, any second and longer. I, I guess we can cut right to the ending because it is like, it's, we, it's we, the we most, it's the, the end, most, yeah. it's the thing that is, I think the most interesting element of this movie spoiler podcast because yeah, yeah. no shit I, I wouldn't even talk about this movie if it, we didn't have spoilers I, to be that freaking guy i first of all great great actor i don't know i i enjoyed it um i you wonder like what his motivation is there partly but yeah like you're saying it kind of makes sense that he's just pissed off and it's as simple as that i also kind of wonder like you know what uh, this guy is hired to be muscle, so like, why is he angry about having to be muscle a little bit? It's more like you know the violation of the fact that he was kept in the box, I guess. But like, he seems to take it so personally that he's having to beat Sandler up when that's what it seems like his job is. And so for me, it's kind of the culminate. I for me, I I think it's kind of seeing Sandler get this big score, this like the culmination of all his hustle, and sure. him just being like a workaday 
grunt guy that's not getting anything out of this like his time is being stolen it's fucking wage theft i guess so like it's just (laughs) like you know like it's just he sees it as justified to like take his own and get something out of this because this guy has like taken his time to have this big score and he's not going to see any of that money like it doesn't get back to him it's the loan shark's money like i guess the loan shark pays him with it but like is he not getting paid while he's working for the loan shark i don't know yeah maybe i'm overthinking it but I think that does that. I think I think that sudden shot is like asking you to thinking about it a little bit. That that muscle dude, who again I enjoy whose performance throughout, even though he is just a very simple character. Yeah. I, also, Keith Williams, the the actor's name is Keith Williams Richards, and according to IMDb, he only has two things to his name, two acting credits. One is a 2020 short, and the other one is Uncut Gems. So this was his acting debut, and I love his photo because I am not convinced based on his photo that he is not a mafia hitman who just showed up <laughs> right? for this movie that somebody knew. Right? I, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. His photo is with he's got like he's got like tattoos on his arms across and the dude next to him is like just the most like sharp cheeked man I've ever seen in my life like literally I could open a can on that man's cheeks he's he's not even he looks like he's making a freaking duck face I don't even want to say bad things about him because I'm sure he could kill me um I I I I, I like holy a, shit what what's the Kubrick uh movie I think the Vietnam movie where they're like this isn't working let's just get a real drill sergeant <laughs> right 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 uh <laughs> yeah is that, is oh, that uh, that's yeah, uh, uh yeah, full metal jacket, yeah. And it's uh, army he's dead now. That's really sad. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it's welcome. it's also the thing that like uh, uh what's his name? Um Scorsese would do or like other people would do where they're like, let's just get real criminals <laughs> to like play minor characters because it just feels more authentic. Yeah. Like just often he'll just get like people who probably were in the mob and <laughs> just like in tiny roles. And yeah, I don't know Tommy, if this that, Tommy, Co- he's, he's Tommy Kamonic. Like One of them, like the guy that plays the guy that plays Nico is Tommy Kamonic and his only acting credit is on Cut Gems. <laughs> Exactly. I'm looking, just, they, I'm looking at this dead IMD face. page. <laughs> yeah. His 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 ass is a mobster. These guys this like this they got like they got like four or five mobsters and then they just ran with this. That's it. Uh, Have you guys ever because apparently they cast Adina Menzel, who's the voice. Let's remind everyone is like the lead from Wicked mm-hmm. and the voice of Frozen, the mm-hmm. singing voice of Elsa yeah. Frozen. And apparently they were halfway through filming when someone was like you know that's Adina Menzel, right? And they're like, no, <laughs> we just auditioned her and we liked her. And they're like, you really? Really? <laughs> yeah, so. she's she's weirdly underused in this movie. It's uh, a I, very I, different I, role for her where she just, I mean, one, she's not singing, but two, like, just, like, plays, like, the, like, not nagging because it's, like, can, actually refreshingly, like, you're on her side for once where, like, Thank God, she's right. He's such an idiot. Like, it's no, it's, 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 it's yeah. just fuck it. I'm done with this. Is pretty much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it, when it's, and you're, you're totally like, yeah, I, a girl, Jesus, like, yeah, you, of course, you'd be done with that shit. What the fuck? Like, it's not even like, yeah, it's it's nice that like. I also I'm just saying like she's not even she, on the casting credits. She's like thirty. She's like thirty people down. Like, <laughs> it, it's really weird and like. Uncut Gems doesn't even like show up on her thing. It's weird. Oh, that's because her filmography has her soundtrack stuff listed. Yeah. 
She's going to be yeah. the stepmother in Cinderella. Mm. Whatever. Okay. Anyways, uh, keep sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh uncut gems. That's a I don't know, man. One of the things that I think is dark about it is a good question is that outside of her attachment to sort of these characters, can she get cast in roles? And I mean, Dina Menzel. It's yeah. definitely against her type. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or like, actually, she probably doesn't need money to be honest. Too, she's got to have like she has actual Elsa money. I was about to say she gets God even like me. a one percent of one percent of let it go. She's richer than will ever be. So, mm. I was about to, she could have her ass could have funded this whole movie. Why was she in it? I'm very confused. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I, I I actually like the I actually like the betrayal of the women in his life. To be honest with it, it makes no. It, I, even I, the mistress is fairly interesting, and I I was very much rooting for her by the end to be like, please escape with all that money. And oh yeah, do something better. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's. It's like, come on. <laughs> what do y'all think about just the insanity of this relationship? Because I got to admit, weirdly, when she gets that tattoo and it just makes him cry is, I mean, that's, I don't deserve it. Ah, it that is just one of the funniest, like, <laughs> and most moving moments of this. It's like a weird point where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm rooting for him. Sort of. Not really. Terrible. It's all can terrible. I, can I be honest? I know, it's weird. That's that's one of those writing moments that feels like it's based on something for real life, like that that situation that like that feels super real to me in like a weird sort of dumb way that it's like it's too good to it's too good of a screenwriting point to have come up with some but that like happened to somebody or somebody heard this story and it was like pulled into the script because it feels really real to me and like it's like you had you, a huge fight with your significant other <laughs> ordered them out of your apartment where you were letting them live and then they showed up to work where you employ them with a tattoo of your name on their butt and it was just <laughs> all fine <laughs> yeah forward. that happened that's Jesus. clearly happened in the history of time it happened I, mean, I don't care if it was like ancient mesopotamia and it was like hieroglyphics on somebody's ass that has happened like there's, <laughs> there's too many history just repeats itself dude it's just over and over like people with tattoos of the wrong person's name on their ass because they're gonna get shot in like two days or even like 24 hours yeah <laughs> i wonder if wonder if she'll keep it i don't know of course she will. That's he, a story. he made her a lot of money. Yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't need to justify to her next spouse why she's got somebody <laughs> else's name on her ass. She's oh. the breadwinner there. Come on, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a dark way to think about spousing. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. I just. Oh, I think I, one thing this movie does very well is is capture the the highs and lows, uh, the highs too of of gambling, which I like. Usually, the gambling stories is just like. It's all bad, you know, and mostly it's bad. But I do like when he's in the taxi and, you know, the, the, the thing that's now become kind of a meme where he's like, holy shit, I'm going to come. <laughs> like he's <laughs> like just always on his phone, always keeping an eye on it. And as soon as he hits, he doubles down and just has to he can't ever just stay the same. You know, it's always this like right. pushing further and further and further and further. Which again yeah. is why it has to end the way it ends. I think that's what makes the ending so effective. Right, it has like, to. Mm-hmm. It, and, and I love. It, it would happen if this movie ended 30 minutes earlier. It would still happen, you know, in a sense like, you know, eventually he's going to piss somebody off. It's just this is the rare movie where you actually see it happen instead of. Uh, to to be honest, 
I, I expected something like that to happen at the end, but I still enjoy the subversion of like, you're so concerned. It's, it's, a, it's the movie. I think the best part for me about this movie is that the movie itself is like a magic trick. Like it, it makes you so concerned with how he's leveraging money through the whole money. And so when he gets it right at the end and all of a sudden it's like, but actually the re- the retrospect of him leveraging it is also like, boom, and now he's dead. It's one of those things where it's like, it's just good enough to shock you and still be totally predictable. And I think that's like some of the best like script moments. That's I really, good I really, yeah. I really do think that last the ending is actually I know that people have been critical of it because again I I also think that it's in in its own way it's good because it is Sandler because it is such a fucking fuck you to the expectations of Sandler movies and it's and in its own way this whole movie is kind of an a weird take on Sandler because Sandler's playing like this weird alter Sandler version of himself because it still is like a weird it's it, it's still there's still like DNA of like all of Sandler's characters, right? Because I don't think he's like a transformative actor. I just think that he's an actor that has kind of a thing going, and they've like dived down into it to try to pull up elements of it to make this overarching character. Because it's still very much so a character; it's not him, but it's still it's still it's it's just a very interesting, unusual performance, and it and somehow it it seems to fit into the canon of the rest of Sandler's performances. And on top of that, it just it just comes in at the end and kind of subverts both that expectation and the expectation of his leverage. Or it's actually it's it's somehow at the same time fulfilling the expectation of his leverage by upsetting it in a, in a way like he actually does get it at the end. He's a hero and he actually does get it. And then he just gets his brain brains blown out and he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know it when it happens. And it's. It's a happy where he ending. Still is like, <sighs> they, they did this great thing where he still has that same cocky smile on his face. Yeah, he's a, he, he dies, dies with, with a smile stupid on his face. grin on his face. Yeah. 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 At yeah. Probably the best moment of his life. Like, what would have happened if he had lived? He would have kept fucking gambling it away. See, you know, he's a yeah. millionaire yeah, at this point, yeah. and you know he's just going to, like, keep fucking oh, going. He's killed at the biggest high. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> totally right. Yeah, he, he gets the biggest gamble of his life, and it's like, the dude is doing him a favor. Phil did him a favor. I don't want to meet Phil in a dark alley. I'm just saying, Phil scares the shit out of me. Right? <laughs> like I was, like I'm, I'm totally convinced. Based, I've been doing IMDb research over here, and I'm convinced the whole crew of this movie was a bunch of fucking like, like, like mobsters. That are just like, well, I mean, they they do such a good job with like, like the the overly tanned guy in uh, in the casino who's the cartoon with character is at the end. Like yeah. such an accurate person, <laughs> like that is just—you can't make that character up. That just is a human being that exists in all of his weirdness. Because, like, yeah, that, you, we've all met that person who like lives at a casino, has weird money, <laughs> just is like <laughs> mahogany. <laughs> You're like, what is that life? I don't even know. Like, what? What did you do? What did you? What do you do? <laughs> just like. Where did you make your money? <laughs> like I think that kind of specificity is what like good time kind of lacked where it was like it all felt a little stagey to me. Where like yeah, this, this one, it just feels very authentic. That, like I said, that is a really excellent it. point. The best part about this movie is that, and I think somehow Kevin Garnett actually adds to the situation. I was about to say, it's, you know who else is a real person? 
Kevin yeah, Garnett it, playing himself. True. It, yeah, it feels so real. Like I am not, and especially like even with like the fucking mobsters and everything else that feels so real about it. It feels like at the end of this movie, I was sure Adam Sandler was dead. <laughs> like, it's, it's like I was like, I was like, so yeah, Adam Sandler died in Uncut Gems. Yeah, so sad. Yeah, yeah. Who else died this year? Are we gonna add him to the memoriam? <laughs> like I was like, I was like, I was just like, yeah, of course Adam Sandler's dead now. Sorry, it's just the way things are. Except the I, Academy yeah. didn't notice this movie, so they wouldn't. They wouldn't know. <laughs> they would not have noticed this movie no matter what, dude. Yeah. I I, I just, I, I honestly think that, uh, like, you know how, like, certain actors are just going to have to walk up a hill to get their Academy nomination? Like, Adam, Adam Sandler, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, he, he is in a, in a worse Leo situation. He would have to do consistently amazing movies for multiple years before the, like the Oscars would give him an Oscar. Like that's just, just, just there's no option. Like they're going to, they would, they would dangle it in front of his face, like at least a half dozen times before he got anything. And I, yeah. I that's really funny. So apparently we're going to get the worst movies ever out of it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it, it's the same. It's what people have been saying about Parasite, which is fair which is like you know it's like it's open the door for foreign language films it's like has it or has it just opened that if you make like the greatest film <laughs> like if you make <laughs> an unquestionable masterpiece then maybe we'll consider it you know like where plenty of you know perfectly mediocre movies have won from america have won best picture you know it's not when a when a mediocre okay foreign film wins best picture that's more of a sign of you know progress and it's the same thing for adam sandler he has to give like you know, Daniel Day-Lewis and there'll be blood level. Like, he's got to give it all up before they'll even consider it, unfortunately. Because he's Mr. Shoopity Whoopity Boop, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, he just always kind of will be for a lot of the older crowd, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and I, and I, 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 like and, I said. Some, why is it, is something about Adam Sandler, too, where it's like, for some reason, when Robin Williams did it, it, it felt like, yeah. Yeah, serious Robin Williams time. Did did what exactly? Like which like? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just picturing Man like of the, the Year, which is probably uh, really unfair to Robin Williams. But that's what I'm picturing. Oh, he's had a lot of bad schmaltz. I'm not saying it's all good, but I'm saying the Academy was more willing to reward his his schmaltzier side. Like maybe oh, good. Yeah. Let's let's better. also just stick to the fact that like. You know, I, I hate to, I hate to, I don't even, I, I don't even, I want to, I want to put this out here to as more of a criticism to the Academy than talking about people's individual artistic style in terms of comedy. But as far as the Academy is concerned, what I think they think is that, I mean, looking at Robin Williams, he's kind of a classier comedian, ironically, than Adam Sandler, even though in his beginning he was more shock comedy, he kind of became the gold standard when he was doing Aladdin and stuff like that as having this bridge over into kind of like, yeah, he still had his hardcore stuff, but, and, and, and to be frank, he kind of always stayed at the same level of like comedy or at least cutting the corner of comedy and the, the, the edge of comedy kind of went on past him and Robin Williams didn't really proceed on with it. And that's like why people later would call some of his stuff toothless. But by the same expectation, like Adam Sandler is just infinitely more crass than Robin Williams. So I, 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 I if, if you if I had to guess why anyone is just like, let's let's ask. Let's ask, like, like, here's a straight up question to you, man. If somebody was going to come do a set at your birthday party, do you want Adam Sandler or Robin Williams? 
Uh, I mean, probably Rob Williams. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Just because like your mother's going to be there. Holy shit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, And if Robin Williams starts talking about dicks and frogs and all this shit, like you're, it's just somehow more charming. I don't know. It's like, it's <laughs> somehow more charming than Adam Sandler, like making fart jokes about his like Jack and Jill or something. I don't know. It's just somehow Jack and Jill always comes back into it. Maybe it is the worst movie ever made. I'm not sure. Maybe, I maybe, he's, maybe he's being serious. It. I don't know what the worst Madam Sandler movie is. I just know that's like the one on the internet that is the uh, the, the joke. But uh, mm. yeah, Dunkachino is that where Dunkachino is? Dunkachino, yep, that's where Dunkachino yeah. came from. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, that's it's. I I I love like he doesn't even. I have mean, to he act did kind of make like the perfect joke to end a uh, yeah uh, a bad movie on, which is that you know they watch the Dunkachino commercial at the end of that movie and then. The last lines are Al Pacino going, you have to burn this. You have to destroy this. This is terrible. And it's like, ah, it's kind of like the whole movie. The whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, clearly that's the best movement of anything he's made in like the last, uh, until this, obviously, but still. (laughs) Hey, what'd you guys think of the score in this movie? Because I was into the psychedelic gem, and when that score, that old kickback, nostalgic fucking uh, synth was like blaring over the first few minutes of the movie. I was like, all right, it's the opposite of like, you know, philosophy kind of when it comes to scoring movies where it's not supposed to draw attention to itself, I guess. But uh, I'm digging it. Yeah, I, I like, uh, I think I think it matches the, the tone and I think it's, um, oh, I'm trying to find the name of the guy who did the music. I think Daniel in the opening. Lopatin. Okay. Who also did Good Time, which also has a like great like pounding score. It's like a very like everybody has to take- yell over it, and it works because everybody's yelling over everybody else anyway. Because we're in that area of New York where everybody's yelling right. all the time. So the apparently. score is like constant. <laughs> yeah, just adds to the whole fucking thing, the whole, the whole stress of it for me. Anyway. It's like yeah. the scene in Social Network where they're yelling over the electronic music. Which is very accurate, and you're like, this is stressful. <laughs> the whole movie is that. Yeah, I, I think that's also like the best. It's one of those things too. I probably don't like the movie as much as I like the ending. It's this is gonna be the movie that I remember for quite a while as being kind of more an effect than an actually like. Well, like you know, comparison time, totally unfair comparison time. Uh, like something like Parasite is like a really well constructed, put together movie. This is not nearly constructed to the same extent to that or as purposefully as that and it's one of those things maybe it's just because I'm coming off saying that recently that I you know I'm just like oh well they didn't do this they kind of did this and it's good it's a well-made movie but at the same time it's more about the impact hammer at the end of like the whole movie is constructed like a Jenga tower where he's slowly removing these things and it's one of those things it's like a bomb that doesn't go off the bomb has to go off and so it's just you know that slight subversion it still makes it satisfying that the bomb goes off and yeah gambling's bad guys yeah I I'll what do you guys take anything away from this movie except that gambling is bad? Because that was kind of my reaction at the end too. Where it's like, well, I I knew gambling was bad. I didn't have to, you know. But like, I mean, that doesn't mean it's not fascinating to watch someone, yeah, who is a adrenaline junkie go through that. I think the way it weaves into like everything in his life, including his relationship with Julia, is fascinating. But um, yeah, what do you? Yeah, guys? no, I th- I think I think 
in general, that's the thing with the Safdies for me is it's they're more chroniclers of like interesting characters than they are like kind of thematically rich storytellers. There, and I think this one works because it is just so specific. Uh, like I see what you were saying about like this the psychedelic gem stuff not working for you because it is very removed come kind of from the like the rest of that's the tone like the aesthetic like, of the movie. Yeah. And it also for me I think it is like it it also kind of graphs on like the more relevant points of the movie and lends it kind of a life beyond just the descent of a gambler which yeah for better or worse, I guess. For me, it really worked. But there's also a part of me who, that is wondering and Googling and slowing down YouTube clips, being like, what the fuck did Kevin Garnett see when he looked in that gem besides like himself and the universe? There's some fucked up shit going on in there. And I'm like, is this, I don't know, is this like, because they're talking about exploitation a lot and like that great scene wherever Adam Zandler or his character is going like, well, this is my basketball game. And Kevin Garnett's like, do you, but but even though you didn't pay them for like what it's worth, that's that's your game. That's like what you think. And, you know, the fact that they're talking about these black Jews in Africa and they are prospectively black and Jewish is just I don't know. It 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 has it has hints of like a larger kind of thematic points that I think it is, to be fair, not really about, but which I nevertheless enjoyed. Capitalism. I don't know. It's in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, like I every think other, that's other movie thing that is really interesting is about like those guys that are like, yeah, in the in the middle, like, and that's the one element where you could see like the parasite comparison ish, where it's just like the idea of of, of aspiring to be bigger and better. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it's it's it, it it touches on these little elements a lot, but it never kind of solidifies into one. It's uncut, you know, it is kind of perfect for its name where it is kind of rough around the edges, but it is something fascinating that keeps you coming back to it. Yeah, I think I think it gains a lot in the whole structure of and, and I think it gains from being raw. And I think that's the whole point is it's. It is raw. I'm, I'm not shocked. At, I don't think it particularly deserves an Oscar, and I think that's my score is going to match that. Um, I think I am overwhelmingly positive about it. I think I recommend it to literally no one, though. <laughs> that's just kind of the thing, though. It's just, it's just, this is like the classic, you know, what does Jack actually think about this? I'm not into stressful movies, man. And let me tell you, I had to pause it like a half dozen times. So, again, I would not have made it th- through this movie. Seeing this in, in your home sounds so much more stressful to me than being like forced into the captive audience of a theater. Theater where if you leave, you're going to miss it, something. It may have been better for you. It may have been better for me because I was just like, what the fuck? I had to stop it, go like poop a couple times. Like it was, it was like I had like two coffees and six beers. It was like, I was like, I was like on the high with him. You know what I mean? I was just riding the wave and I was like, and then I had to like stop and go like calm the fuck down and then come back and restart it. So like this is, I was, this is the ultimately rough Netflix experience. So go ahead and do that. And I did not. You know, get it be a VPN. So you didn't hear that from here. So don't look at the men behind the curtain. All right, gentlemen, I'm I'm actually ready to put some scores on this. Uh, last thoughts before we go get into this. Mm, I was supposed to say Kevin got it did pretty good. Yeah, sports. he did really good. Yeah, I thought he was. For, I thought he was. I thought he was. And I think it plays in again the rawness, the real, the, both the quote unquote rawness and realness of this movie are perfect for that kind of performance. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, the camera work just adds another element of realness. Like, I legitimately, I think, I think the movie's kind of ethos is just down and dirty and 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 there and present. And, it, and yeah, I think we that's, should mention super this successful. Shot by Darius Condi, which is like I was kind of surprised by. He's not the kind of guy I would think of. To, to, to shoot something like this, he's, uh, you know, he shot Seven and he shot, uh, let's see, like Panic Room. He did a lot of, uh, he did Lost City of Z, which I loved. He, he does a, a lot of different uh, kind of work and, and this is much grittier and handheld than he normally does. But I thought he did a great job. It was a good example that uh, you can, it actually takes some skill to do something like that because... I see a lot of bad shaky camp indie movies, and this is not one of them. Hmm. <laughs> Seems like it easily right. could have been, right? But it's not. Definitely, yeah. It's 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 uh, a. I, I, I think I, the Safties actually do know when to pull out the stops and make something pretty and, and interesting, or at least frame it in interesting ways, or compose interesting shots. Where I think a lot of people are like, "Well, the '70s had a lot of handheld, so I'll just not care at all." Anyway, yeah, no, I think they actually did care. It's gorgeous with that colonoscopy. It's pretty. Yep, that happened. Mm, okay, let's give it scores. I feel like I want to start with Ben first because I feel like you've been the most positive. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Let's we'll see with Trevor. Uh, I'm actually the reason I'm doing this, and I'm actually bringing it up probably a little bit earlier in the thing, is because I am super curious what scores are. I feel like we've all been fairly positive up to this point. I feel yeah. like this will reveal where we actually sit. Do you know what I mean? True. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Um, I really did enjoy it quite a lot. Um, it probably is one a one and done, even in terms of like I don't think, like you said, this is kind of magic tricky. I thought that was a good way of putting it, in that I don't think it'll hit you just as well, you know, the second time around, even. But uh, I think what works so well about it uh, is just the specificity of it. Um, Howard, his family, Julia, all the minor characters, everyone just felt incredibly realized another element i forgot to mention that i like is i like all the gangsters are over 50 it seems like there's no one who involved in sports betting who's like a young hot dude <laughs> like there's no like young cool mobster types it's like no these are just like workaday dudes who do this shit which i kind of thought was fascinating and again made it for more more realistic um uh i thought sailor gave an incredible performance i definitely probably the best one for me you know but you know limited range of of interesting performances from him um usually he's just doing his own thing you know uh it's tense it's an interesting i think it just for me like i said the the cosmic stuff didn't work for me the opening didn't really work for me um it, it, the thematic elements just feel a little half sketched uh, but overall, I mean, a very incredible film and, and one uh, I hope people actually try because uh, just because it's anxiety inducing, I worry people are not going to watch it because of that, which, you know, fair enough. I'm not going to pass it on, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, this was this was this was a rough time, man. It was a rough time. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. So yeah. I still recommend it, though, uh, if you want to see something interesting and different. And uh, I'm very happy. For whatever the safties do next, I think they make very interesting films, and uh, 
they're about to apparently do a, a HBO show with Nathan Fielder, which sounds wild. So, um, yeah, uh, 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, uh, Trevor, it's your turn. Ah, shit, guys. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a 9. I um, Shit, shit. See, I, I knew Trevor liked him with me. Well, yeah, and the psych... Maybe I'm easy as far as psychedelia goes, but it really worked for me. Um, I, I don't know. I, I there's, there's a lot of meaning there for me in terms of, like... I don't know. I know it's more about the adrenaline than the than the money, but like as far as like a portrait of greed or like like always like needing something more and like always and like living in the moment as opposed to like appreciating what you have versus like living in the future. I don't know. I just found it really meaningful overall. And the fact that he dies at the end and the you know the cosmic wormhole colonoscopy of the gem kind of connecting it as a through line i agree with ben it's pretty sketched out uh pretty thinly but really did work for me so yeah i'm gonna leave it at a nine awesome yeah yeah i'm and i'm gonna be the least uh positive about this movie which is what i was beginning to suspect and i want to make it clear that i'm not like giving anything off this movie because of how stressed out it was it's i just mean not if my... a movie made me poop a lot i wouldn't give it above a six but that's just me i i don't yeah, know I, I i i give it an eight i give it an eight and i'm i feel very good about it. i feel very good about an eight i think it's a rough production it's not to my taste but i think that the overall effect of what is constructed is quite quite good an eight i I don't know why i'm apologizing for giving something an eight it's that's a really good score i gave freaking parasite a 9.5 like so what the fuck (laughs) anyways uh oh i should have done the scores on this uh somebody vamp It makes it harder when you say somebody vamp to vamp. Somebody vamp. (laughs) Vamp to commercial. It's like saying don't think. (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry. That's probably not quite Uh, like saying don't think. Don't think. Don't do it. you guys are terrible at vamping. That Obviously, was a, uh, Darwin. I, I also, I also well. am a moron. Clearly, between an eight and eight point five and a nine, it's going to be an eight point five. I'm a, I am a fucking moron. Anyways, <laughs> the Movie Gang Podcast gives uncut gems and uncut eight. I guess it technically is cut because it's cut down the. But anyways, an eight point five <laughs> out of ten. I'm not making any more jokes. Uh, jokes about things that are cut or uncut we're done so done i really wanted to make a pun that it was facetinating fat fat full of facets i don't know that feels too intelligent for me at this point clearly my iq has dropped in the course of tonight's well, cast if we were any smarter we could have told you what the average was but we let you stew in it so. clearly people just watched me do math on air and watched me pull up a calculator to divide three by ten scores by so let's not let's not get into it anyway for the movie gag podcast this has been ben haworth thanks for listening y'all trevor flynn good night 
And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Again, from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, thanks for listening. We are – go ahead and head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's TuscanShed.com where you can check out all other podcasts, including Animania. Go check out that one. We have a recent nice episode that just came out about ID Invaded. And this week we're going to be talking about, I think, our favorite show this season. You can t- cut me off if I'm wrong, uh, Trevor. It's uh, Keep Your Hands Off Izokin. It is a love letter to Animation Studios, the love of animation, and uh, really Studio Ghibli kind of on the lot, lot of different movie animators, but Studio Ghibli specifically. It's freaking gorgeous. It's got three hair. It's got three female protagonists. It is a cut above pretty much anything else that's been produced lately. Go check that out. Uh, while you're over there, check out all their podcasts. Head on over to the Purple Icons on our Tuscan Shed page, which will take you to iTunes. Yeah, you gotta log in, but it would really help us if you gave us a review. It helps us go up in the cast. We don't know why. We don't understand what iTunes does. Our uh, unfortunate digital overlords of Amazon, YouTube, everyone else, social media, the way that they make this shit works, they don't explain it or figure it out or do anything, but a five-star review really helps us go up in the charts. So give us that. And if you actually want to give us feedback about the show, head on over to Twitter or Facebook where you can find us on there. MGP at the Movie Gang Podcast. Go check that out so you can give us some comments, feedbacks, tell us why I was wrong or why you're horribly offended by all my (laughs) cut jokes. Um, I'm personally offended myself by them. I don't know why I made them. Uh, There's a 50-50 chance in the next hour I go back and edit every single uncut joke out of this podcast um toss a coin i'm a gambler uh not really make it I went worse. To Vegas once yeah i know I, w- I went to vegas once i went to vegas once and left 75 dollars richer yeah i'm such a hot streak right there yeah yeah always net positive baby anyways uh yeah for everyone here at the movie gang podcast one last time thank you for listening